0: Welcome back in to another edition of Hatter Chatter, the podcast presented by Insight Credit Union. I'm your host, Ricky Hazel, and I'm excited to be joined today by someone I'm sure all Hatter fans have heard over the last five years, but haven't had a chance to get to know this guy very much. Evan Weston graduated from the Newhouse School of Public Communications at Syracuse University in the spring of 2015 and moved to Central Florida that summer. He started broadcasting Stetson Games in September with a season-opening football game and has broadcast in men's and women's basketball, men's and women's soccer, volleyball, baseball, softball, and lacrosse over the last five years. In fact, it was a connection he made during his time doing Stetson women's soccer games that led to his current full-time job, that is the voice of the Orlando City Soccer Club. We'll hear that story and how that happened and more in this edition of How Chatter the Podcast Presented by Insight Credit Union. Welcome in, Evan. Glad to have you on Hatter Chatter, the podcast. Thank you, Ricky. I appreciate it. It's great to be on with you. I know the story. First of all, let's talk about what have you been doing to keep yourself busy during this two and a half month going into three month uh, lockdown?
1: Yeah, so uh, I actually... so. uh... Starting last year, I've I've been a full time uh, employee of Orlando City, uh, the soccer club uh, in in Orlando, doing not just play by play, but written content for them, video content during the week, other things digitally, um, research. So uh, they've uh, they've been great. Uh, they really have. They've kept uh, everybody on payroll. Uh, we haven't had furloughs or pay cuts uh, at, at this point. Uh, So they've been, uh, they've been tremendous. Uh, And so we've been very, very blessed. Uh, My fiance is in insurance, uh, which uh, uh, remains essential business. Everybody needs car insurance, no matter what's going on. Um, So we've both been, been very, very blessed not to have uh, any setbacks from that front, um, other than the, you know, the freelance stuff that I would do uh, elsewhere with play by play. So we've been, been very, very lucky and uh, they've kept me busy. We're doing some uh, started in the office, uh, last week, actually, uh, just, uh, every other day. Um, and they've done, you know, the pretty good job with the, uh, distancing and, uh, and all the right restrictions and everything to make it safe for everyone. We've had everyone tested and, uh, similar to what they're doing with the players. So it's, it's been, uh, it's been good. Uh, they've kept us as busy. We're doing, uh, we're doing two hour live streams every weekend with, uh, with old games, bringing on a lot of different guests and things like that. So it, it's helped my interviewing skills, which is good. Cause I always felt that that was, you know, something I wasn't always a natural at something right. I to improve on. So, uh, I, it, it's been nice to get some reps doing that. I definitely miss having games in front of me. I'm hoping that that happens sooner than later. Um, but, uh, you know, I have no control over that. I can only do, uh, what I can control. So we've been we've been largely very blessed overall.
0: So when, is there talk about when they may try to bring the players back and start getting ready to play again?
1: So the guys are in, uh, you know, taping this now. By the time you release this, it may be completely different. Um, sure. Things have been moving so fast. Uh, the guys are in individual training right now, so they have them split up into four parts of the field, and they can train by themselves to stay in shape. Uh, but they can't actually work on anything tactically alone. Um, but uh, the, the Women's Soccer League, the NWSL, announced today uh, that they're going to do uh, a tournament in Utah where they'll have all of the teams together on the same campus and kind of create a little bubble, uh, test the players every other day, um, and play out a, a mini tournament over the course of a month in Utah Uh, I know there's been some talk about uh, MLS doing something similar. So far, nothing's been announced on that front. I have no information on that. I wish I did. I mean, it's in the dark as everybody else. (laughs) Um, But uh, by the time you release this, maybe there'll be something. Maybe there won't. I don't know. But uh, that's the the current situation. We're just kind of, again, doing what we can control.
0: So you're a Jersey guy, right? I am. Talk a little bit about growing up in the area you grew up in Jersey and what your childhood was like there.
1: Yeah, I'm, uh, I know. Uh, there's probably a lot of Jersey folks uh, in uh, in in and around the land. That no, I know that. No doubt. Um, yeah, so uh, they'll probably know what I'm talking about. I grew up in uh, in Princeton, New Jersey, uh, just about halfway between Philadelphia and New York. I actually got both markets' TV channels, so I got two CBS's, two NBC's, wow. two ABC's, um, and so uh, we always claim New York. If you're between New York and Philly, you're gonna claim New York. I'm sorry, Philly. <laughs> uh, it's just the way it is. Uh, most people think there's only North Jersey and South Jersey. There is Central Jersey, uh, which is uh, is going to claim New York as their home city, even though there are some some Philly people uh, in that area too. But yeah, it's uh, New Jersey gets bagged on a lot and a lot of it is justified. Um, but it's also a state that for as small as it is, uh, has a lot of different flavors to it. Um, you know, you've got the shore, which is some of what it's stereotyped to be, but also very quiet and laid back. There's some really rural parts of New Jersey that are, are far more, um, I guess, more southern flavor than you'd expect for being that far up. And then there's also uh, tons of urban parts of New Jersey and suburban parts of New Jersey. It's a it's kind of a catch all state. Uh, that said, it's expensive and they have winters and it's very, very densely populated. You can't get away from anybody. Right. And I don't really miss living there with the exception of I miss my mother and New Jersey bagels. That's about it. <laughs> Everything else. I, uh, I would, I, I packed up as soon as I could.
0: <laughs> we'll say that. Well, I know Stetson's had a lot of Jersey ties, especially recently. I mean, Steve Tremper's from Jersey, uh, yeah, the, baseball say, team, the baseball team especially loaded, behind. but you know, Miola and and Pito and Brandon Hilton, those guys are all Jersey guys. And, but even with football, with uh, Colin McGovern, was he's a Jersey guy. Well, Roger Hughes was the coach at Princeton
1: Correct. when I was growing up. Uh, I would go to Princeton football games. They were five minutes away from my house and go see. I mean, I had no idea at the time. I was like eight years old. But I saw Roger Hughes' Princeton Tigers um, growing up as a kid. So it was always funny to me that that's where I
0: ended up. So obviously in that area of the country, there are innumerable options for where you can go to college. Why Syracuse? How did you wind up there? I always wanted to be
1: a broadcaster ever since I was a little, little kid. um, I was, uh, I was eight years old. I would take the, uh, a bucket of wiffle balls and a wiffle ball bat in the backyard and play out entire games in my head where like, if I hit the ball to a certain level of the house, that was a single or a double, or if I hit the roof, it was a home run. Um, (laughs) And I would call the game. And uh, it was the only time in my life the Mets have ever achieved anything. When (laughs) I was growing up in my, my backyard wiffle ball games, Uh, my beloved, cursed New York
0: Mets so I guess um, you were after the 86 championship
1: yes yes I was uh they we were in the World Series in 2000 when I was seven and then they were in the World Series the first year I moved here which I thought was ironic um but otherwise uh, otherwise very very little uh has been produced from all the time I put into the New York Mets uh but yeah that was I, I always want to do that I would do the the standard you know I had Madden and I would sim the season and call the games with the 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 sound off I, I would bring you know when i was even 13 or 14 i would bring a voice recorder to a high school basketball game and just you know bs uh about it you know, i didn't know what i was doing but it was uh i i would uh i was never much of an athlete i played baseball for a little while but i, I wasn't very good and i uh you know, my much more athletically inclined friends would play pickup even as as young as third grade. And I would, you know, do the announcing and I would (laughs) ref at the same time. Um, So it was, uh, you know, it was, it was fun. And and that was what I always wanted to do. And Syracuse was the school to do that. That was just, that was just what it was. Uh, You know, it was, that is not say, if you want to be a broadcaster, and you're listening to this. You do not have to go there. There are other that's a fact. great, great schools that produce wonderful broadcasters every single year. Um, I, I wish that there was more uh, out there about that, but at the same time, uh, I'm not saying that it didn't help.
0: Um, but my alma mater does pretty well in that in that league as well. They certainly do. Um, they were. I applied there, uh,
1: but uh, but Syracuse was was absolutely uh, absolutely the place to be for that and so I I did it and I went in and uh and they said they I definitely got better over my time there sure. I'll say that uh, I was I was not good in high school <laughs>
0: <laughs> nobody is so who, maybe who, Tariko who did you look up to in the in the broadcasting world who did you try to emulate
1: yeah. Uh, so a lot of it was, was local guys. So, uh, so Gary Cohen, the, the, the Mets TV guy sure. and, and Howie Rose, uh, who was the radio number one for the Mets were my two idols. Uh, the, the two guys that I listened to the most by far. Um, I love Mike Tirico. Uh, he was the Monday night guy for the most part when I was sure. in high school. Um, yes, yeah, yes. And, and, and Mike is amazing to the kids. Uh, he comes back every single year he gives back, uh, but it's not just money. He, he lends advice. He, he, doesn't big league anybody. Uh, we went to uh, – we did a game my senior year in Ann Arbor, which is where he lives. Uh, Syracuse played Michigan in basketball, um, which is actually really cool because we snuck into Franklin Field. We snuck into the big house when it was uh, – there was a gate open, and we got to see it with nobody in it at night, which wow. was really, really cool. But uh, don't tell you, you Mish, that. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Mike was uh, was extremely gracious to us and took us out, and it was uh, – he's, he's, he's really, really great about it. So he was one – uh, Al Michaels, uh, obviously is a, is a God. Um, I, I think that, that he is the best to ever do it for football. Uh, and, and, you know, a, a hockey and baseball guy as well. Uh, Kevin Harlan is a guy that I really come to appreciate as an artist. Uh, I think that he's probably the best one out there in terms of, of crafting the English language to evoke something in, in terms of sports, no matter what he's doing. There's also great, uh, stuff where Kevin Harlan will announce, uh, like uh, there was a this went viral recently. There was a, a streaker during a football game when he was on radio and he called the entire thing <laughs> in
0: loaded detail. So you can do that on radio, but on TV they they turn yeah, away. Know, and uh, Talk it was, about something
1: it else. Was, it, was a, it was a purely radio moment. Um, but yeah, I would say those and, and more recently, uh, David Steele with the Orlando Magic, I think, is a brilliant basketball broadcaster. Um, and from from delivery, his voice, his his tone, the welcoming way that he calls a game. Uh, He's a a total legend in these parts. No one in Orlando is going to need me to say that David Steele is great, but I learned a lot from listening to him since I moved down here.
2: Insight Credit Union is a proud partner of Stetson University Athletics. Insight has been bringing better banking to Central Florida for nearly 85 years. Insight Credit Union is your local go-to for lower rates on auto and other loans, credit cards, and more. Insight Credit Union and you, better together.
0: Obviously, the way you talk about the Mets and the broadcasters there, baseball fan growing up, how does a baseball fan transition to do Everything you've done—I mean, for Stetson alone—you've done football, baseball, basketball, volleyball, lacrosse, soccer. You've done them all.
1: Yeah, well, it wasn't just—I mean, baseball was my favorite. Baseball was the sport that was the closest to me. Um, but I was a huge NFL fan growing up. Uh, I'm a Green Bay Packers fan. I don't know how that happened <laughs> entirely. Uh, Brett Favre was my favorite player as a kid. Uh, he was my favorite player on the backyard football computer game, and I guess it just sort of went from there. There you go. Um, but yeah. That, I, I've been a lifelong Packers fan, um, and they're they're sort of the saving grace because they're the only team I've ever rooted for that's like good consistently. Uh, not to say that they don't do things that that get them. Are they the sometimes. only non-New
0: York fan team that you cheer for?
1: Uh, no, I've become a huge Magic fan, uh, and I, I I never really had an NBA team before that. Um, so the Magic are, are kind of my uh, my my go-to. Um, I've always liked the Lakers. Um, I've always found them to be fun, but I, you know, you can't be a fun, you know, because the, the Shaq and Kobe Lakers were what it was when I was a kid. Right. But it was like you can't be a Lakers fan in New Jersey. You know, plus they're too Yankee-like for me to really latch on to. I can't, I can't jump onto a front runner. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, it was it was really the Mets and the Packers were my two favorite teams uh, growing up. And uh, and basketball, I've, I've always loved college basketball, so that was easy for me to get into um soccer i did not have any connection to until very recently which we can talk about a little bit later sure. but uh but yeah the the other thing is though like i just don't my policy is i don't say no so if you ask me to call a volleyball game i'm gonna call the volleyball game i'm gonna learn how to do it and i'm gonna do it to the best of my ability we're very lucky that we have uh we have cheryl uh, our former coach to be right. color so i can just sort of let her carry the whole whole shebang and I just say the things that are procedural, and and you know do the advertisements
0: or whatever, and that's that. And that's what, um, that's, what that's a lot uh, of you know, a lot well, of by play, especially from television's about is you know set up yeah, the, set much. up the analyst and let them go. Yep, set them up, read
1: the ads, pay the bills. Um, and there's a uh, you know uh, with lacrosse, I did that in college. Since uh, baseball at Stetson is essentially lacrosse at Syracuse, sure, um, a good equivalent. Um, so it's, it's, uh, that's the, you know, we don't have a baseball team. That's the sport that we did. We did men's and women's lacrosse. So I did, I did four years of women's lacrosse in college. Uh, so that was pretty easy for me to transition to. Um, but yeah, soccer and volleyball were the two that I just had no experience with when I got down here. But I said, I don't say no. So that was, that was how it went. So I'm talk- not too good for any sport. <laughs> I'll say that.
0: So talk about when you, when you finished your degree at Syracuse. what's going through your mind is now what? Yeah. So I,
1: my, my junior year, I was lucky enough to get an affiliated minor league job uh, for the summer. I did short season in the Penn league uh, for the nationals affiliate, the Auburn double days in Auburn, New York. Um, It's about 40 minutes West of Syracuse. Uh, It was all right. I'd always wanted to work in baseball. Um, My dream was to be the Mets broadcaster, of course. Uh, And you know, I, I worked for Auburn and the people there were amazing. The, 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 the guy who hired me now works for Memphis Redbirds. Um, they do a, they do a great, great job. One of the best triple A organizations. Uh, but uh, you know, it was working baseball is hard. It's every day. It's a grind. You get maybe five off days in three months. You are, you get to the ball and, and in minor league baseball in particular, you're not just the broadcaster. Right. You handle all communications with the players, with the coaching staff, with anyone who wants to cover the team, you have to—you are in charge of the press box, which means you have to clean the press box. And <laughs> I power washed windows my first season. Um, wow. I, I was involved in numerous other things that you would think had nothing to do. I painted the outfield fence uh, to remove some advertisements before the season started. Like wow. it was—it was stuff like that. It was nuts. And then, or you're traveling, and you're with the team on the road. So uh, we went as far as Aberdeen, Maryland, in that league. Lowell, Massachusetts burlington vermont uh northeast ohio so uh and 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 that's not that's nothing there's there's leagues where the standard is a 12-hour bus trip the midwest league is a good example that i a friend who was the bowling green hot rods broadcaster and they would drive 14 hours from kentucky up to northern michigan which is sounded like a nightmare right um but uh so after that i thought i don't really want to do minor league baseball again at least not at first uh and the thing that was blowing up, this was 2015, was collegiate streaming. Right. Smaller schools at the D1 level were really starting to put a lot of emphasis on even just one-camera streams of their games. And I knew that I wanted to live somewhere. I, 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 wanted a, I was going through a time where I really wanted to change. I lived the, my entire life in the Northeast. And like I, I bag on Jersey a little bit. I still have a lot of fondness for Jersey. Sure. I have very little fondness for Central New York. Uh <laughs> very little. Uh I, I I got a lot out of my time at school. I I like Syracuse University as an institution, but uh I have I have very little desire to live in Syracuse, New York or nearby ever again. Uh I hate snow. I hate clouds. It's gray, it's miserable. Um and it's I knew winter. I had to get out. So, it's winter there, like nine was, months a year, like,
2: right?
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean it it, it snowed there like uh, last week. Um, so the grand irony is I met my fiance in Florida and her whole family lives there. So I have to travel back there for the rest of my life. Uh, <laughs> I, that's just, I, I figure that's sort of my eternal punishment. You know, that's the trade off for finding a great woman is that I gonna have to do this, but that's okay. I've accepted that sort of bit of cosmic fate. Anyway, I keep getting sidetracked. What I did was I blasted out cold emails to the communications person at every d1 school in california florida texas and north carolina and i said those are the four states where i could see myself living let you know let me cast a line out here's my tape here's who i am i feel you know i'm decent about my stuff let's see what happens and uh i'd say maybe 25 percent even gave me a response which is what i expected um and then a further maybe eight or nine were like, okay, you know, maybe we can use you. Why don't you come in? And the only place where that happened in a concentrated area was Florida. Uh, I heard from you guys and UCF and I heard from FAU about what would have been a full-time position. So I said, okay, it looks like it's going to be Florida. I'm a huge theme park person. So that was kind of my first choice anyway. Right. Um, let's see what we can do. So I went down to Boca to talk to FAU. They were really great. Um, It turned out that it was more of like a sports information internship with some maybe women's basketball and baseball thrown in. And I didn't know if I was going to be able to live on it. So I said, you know, which was fine. I was willing to get another job, but I said, you know, I'm not sure the hours and that is going to work out with me getting another job. So I don't know. I went up to Orlando and uh, I talked to UCF first. They had nothing paid, but it was UCF. And I figured, these are great people to know and I'll get experience. So I said, sure, I'll come volunteer for you guys for a semester and we'll see what happens. And then I went up to the land, uh, which was much harder to get to than I expected <laughs> from my hotel near the Orlando airport. Yeah. Uh, I, I, it was my first real taste of I-4. Uh, it was my first drive up to meet you at the James Square office.
0: Yeah,
1: um, And uh, I was decked out in my full suit and I walk in and there's Ricky in his polo and shorts uh, a, on a hot thursday in july or whatever it was and uh you know you mentioned football and and i don't know why you opened my email and responded to me i think you guys were were sort of trying to pull together a large group at that point because you didn't know how much was going to have to be was that the first year where e3 was mandatory yeah Yeah, that was that was about the the time
0: I, i was putting together our e3 production unit and and we were looking for that but you know i'm I'm one of those people that if somebody takes the time to send me an email, I'm going to take the time to read it and, and respond. I'm not, yeah. I've not ever been one to just throw it in a folder and, and get rid of it. So no. you know, and I, and I get, and still to this day, I get emails all the time from people who are interested in doing exactly what you did They're looking for broadcast jobs. And I, I reply to all of them uh, just to let them know where we are and what our situation is. But um, yeah. so I did the same, did the same with you and, and explained what we were doing. And that was when we were starting our, E three production unit Kevin Wilson at the time was was here running that and uh, you know we were we were getting the ball rolling we were we were doing our Hatter Vision stuff and and we still do that tremendous amount of that but uh, we wanted to really find a person who could be the voice of Stetson for the E three production and not piece it together with you know this game it'll be this guy and this game it'll be this person you know so I I, I was out. I was looking, I wasn't actively searching. I wasn't posting ads or anything, but I, you know, I knew I got emails all the time. So I was, I was hoping that would, uh, would continue. And it did. And you laid it on my desk and, and, uh, here we are what five years later and five years later. Yeah.
1: No, well it was funny because I think Kevin had left literally like the day before I came in.
0: Yeah, Kevin? Cause you
1: mentioned, cause you know, half of our conversation was about, how you didn't know how the game was going to be on the air on September three right. or whatever it was? Yeah, and Kevin, I said, well, Kevin. I'll had, be here.
0: Kevin had just gotten married, and while he was on his honeymoon, right. he got a call that his mom was ill, and they had to cut their honeymoon short. and And uh, his his mom lived in Tampa, and he had to uh, he had to give up the position here and and move back to Tampa. and And uh, so we were without anybody at that point. And that first uh, football game that year was rough because uh, that was when the Jeff Taylor came in and basically that that football game was Jeff's interview. It was like, all right, here's the truck, here's our equipment, do what you can with it.
1: That and- was that was an insane broadcast. I, I <laughs> that broadcast could be a, a documentary in itself. Yeah, that was wild. Um, I it was my first game I called for Stetson. Uh, it was the Stetson football home opener in 2015. I don't, I usually have a, an encyclopedic memory of games that I've called, right. opponents, the score, what happened. I remember nothing about that game. I couldn't tell you the opponent. Uh, <laughs> part of me wants to say Sacred Heart. I don't know for sure. I, I, I don't remember either. There was an opener against Sacred Heart. I yeah. don't remember if it was that year. Yeah, I don't
0: think
1: but, it was that year. But I think Sacred Heart might have been later. Yeah. Um, we gave him a game if I remember. But God, yeah. no, I remember nothing about the on field product because that was the farthest thing from anybody's mind. It was just, can can the camera be switched onto the monitor?
0: Right, right. <laughs> you and you know, I felt bad for in- for you. I felt bad for Jeff because Jeff's experience oh, primarily Jeff is in audio. Good. Yeah. I mean, he's but, an audio producer.
1: It's It's been cool because I've gotten to be part of it from coming from that broadcast to where the production is now, which in my opinion, and, and I think a lot of others, is the class of the A-Sun. No question. No um, question. And I, I, I'm very proud of the work that all of us have done. And I think uh, everybody, you guys in, in athletics and, and the folks in the broadcasting uh, department, too, have, have a ton to be proud of uh, based on, on how far that's come.
2: Gohatters.photoshelter.com is your one-stop shop for all of the most memorable moments from your favorite Stetson teams. Game day and event photos are available for purchase directly on the website. Show your Stetson pride and log on to gohatters.photoshelter.com to get your photos today.
0: And one of the things that you know Kevin and I first talked about and Jeff has brought it to fruition was we wanted to be able to create an environment where students would come to work and learn and move on and get jobs, even though there's not a major program at Stetson for broadcasting or that kind of stuff. And we've seen that happen. And Jeff's done a tremendous job now running summer camps for, for people interested in working in broadcast. Unfortunately, the biggest challenge for him with that is most of the kids that come in, you know, you ask them what they want to do, and they all want to be on air. They all want to be yeah, well, they,
1: Jeff had me come speak to the kids last year, uh, which was really fun, because uh, I got to be a big shot for a second, which was, uh, <laughs> wow. Oh, I don't really care about that but it was uh it was fun because you know it was i had been that kid you know yeah. I, I i went to i went to uh bruce beck was the sports anchor for nbc4 new york i think he might still be there i don't know if he retired but i mean bruce beck's a legend in, in new york city and ian eagle who is a you know national right. play-by-play guy of cbs football right. does the ncaa tournament he does the nets um and they would run a they still do run a, a sports broadcasting camp for high schoolers uh, out of Montclair State University in North Jersey. And I went to that when I was 14 years old wow. um, and was awestruck and, you know, all that. And, and I had all the questions. And they they brought in Kevin Burkhart to speak to us. He was the sideline guy for the Mets. Now he's the number two NFL guy for Fox. Um, and, uh, you know, all these different guys from, you know, New York sports media, play-by-play guys. Kevin, uh, Kenny Albert uh, came right. in and talked to us and was like, oh, my God, you know. Uh, so I, I kind of saw, I was like, man, I was that kid. Um, you know, the, a kid who might be in this business might be sitting in that room, and it was it was cool to to, to get to talk to them. And, and and Jeff has done a phenomenal job of getting the students involved. Most of the crew uh, are are, uh, are students at this point. No they doubt. do a tremendous job. Uh, Alex, uh, our, our graphics kid, got a job at ESPN just a few months ago um, in their graphics side based on the work that he had done with us at, at SVP. And I, I just I love that there is. You know, it's not all about being on air. Most no. of the kids are not going to doing that. Um, most, you know, but but you can make a fine living and, and get to see some incredible things in sports working in the truck as well. Uh, I did some of that in college. It, it gave me better perspective on what I do. Um, and it was, uh, it, it was a great experience. And I, I highly recommend anybody, you know, Stetson is a great place to learn how to do that now.
0: Yeah, and between graphics and audio and replay and cameras and, all the other things that need to be done. I mean, there's a great chance to learn and be involved with those broadcasts that are going out worldwide on uh, ESPN three. And it's a, it's a great opportunity because the people at ESPN see all of that. And if you're doing a good job, they're going to find you. You've been at Stetson for a couple of years and you've done, you went and did the Charlotte stone crabs for a summer. Right. T- tell me about that. Yeah.
1: So uh, my first summer down, I, I realized, well, so what happened was uh, my work at UCF in Stetson was a start, but it wasn't enough to, you know, sustain a living. True. So in August 2015, I, I packed up my car. I found, uh, I didn't even have a room when I left New Jersey. I, I found the room uh, with a guy on, on Craigslist uh, for like $400 a month to, you know, stay in somebody's bedroom uh, and about halfway <laughs> between the two schools. And I worked at UCF for free. I did soccer and volleyball there. Um, and I did uh I did some uh I did some video editing and shooting too for them, uh, which was cool. And and I, I got to see a couple of uh, you know, cool things I wouldn't have otherwise at UCF. That was cool. Uh and then at and I did football and I did uh we had the the meeting where there were there were maybe five or six people in the room with you the first day and it was like broadcaster orientation and Chris Belvin just threw out that they needed someone for Hattervision for soccer. And I was like, I'll do it. Um, and so I got to do that and I've been doing that now for five years. Right. Um, so I did that. I didn't get to do volleyball. Um, Brianne Welch, who I still keep in touch with to this day, right. uh, did the volleyball with Cheryl. She's on TV now in Texas. She's a fantastic. person. Yeah, She
0: didn't last long and um, we didn't think she would.
1: No, no. She was pretty clearly going to get, uh, you know, a TV job pretty soon. And, and, and she very much did. Um, but yeah, she's, uh, she's great. Um, and I did the football with Tyler Murray. Who's uh, who's up in New Hampshire. Now All he's right. married and he's a double A number one. Um, he was a, he was a full on baseball guy, right. Tyler. Uh, I still keep in touch with him too. Um, but yeah, the uh, I did the football and the, the soccer and I had, didn't have enough to, to pay my rent. So I got a job at Starbucks and did coffee for uh, three or four months. And then It turned out that first it turned out that E3 paid me more than I expected, which was awesome. And then that uh, the women's basketball broadcaster had taken an indie baseball job like two days before the first game. And so I was going to do men's and then Jeff offered me women's as well. And that ended up being enough to, you know, once we got into baseball and how frequent those games were uh, to kind of get me by. But I realized in the summer I had no income. Um, and so I was, you know, I'm just a young kid. I'm still trying to, you know, live on my own. I'm like, all right, I need to get a minor league job at least for this year. And so through Tyler, I got hooked up with the Charlotte stone crabs because he had been in Daytona and I moved down to Port Charlotte, which is a pretty sleepy town, uh, on the Southwest coast. And I did five months of, uh, of high a baseball for the Rays affiliate. And, and that was a long, long summer. The stone crabs are run by awesome people. Uh, Jared was the GM. Jared David, he's he's a really clever guy. Uh, they come up with great promotions. The stadium is great. I had nothing but good things to say about the people there. But it made me realize minor league baseball was not for me. The And, and to do it in 95-degree heat every day, you know, you work a 14-hour day or you're on the road. You get five off days from April to August. Um, we were near nothing. Uh, you know, Port right. Charlotte is an hour from anything – reasonably entertaining on the rare chance you had an opportunity to go do anything for fun. (laughs) Right. And it it was just like, yeah, this is, this is too much. Um, this is not for me. So I, I, you know, it was sort of mutually understood that I wasn't going to be back and we, you know, kind of said our goodbyes and, and, uh, yeah, went up to back to Stetson, did the 16, 17 academic year and, and, you know, was, was ready to do baseball and kind of just see what was going to happen in the summer. And then that March, um, the moment that kind of changed my life forever happened. So you want to get into that?
0: Absolutely. Let's talk about yeah, so, uh, going to work for the uh, Orlando city.
1: Yeah. So th- this is the craziest week of my life. So, uh, so I had, I, this is the story I'll tell for however long I live, whenever anybody asks me about this, um, the, the Stetson, broadcasting had started to involve students more and more in the production the second year. Uh, This was sort of the genesis of that that we just talked about. Mm -hmm. And so um, one of the students, uh, Duda Paval, was also a member of the women's soccer team at Stetson um, and uh, actually had a really wild career. Um, She led the team in goals one year. She had to fill in a goalkeeper another year. Uh, She played pretty much every position on the field. So she was like a, a very very unique soccer player, but that's, you know, sort of neither here nor there. Um, She was working crew for, for Jeff uh, and she was interning for Orlando city. Uh, That was, you know, as sort of a, we, we still do this uh, at Orlando. We have a broadcast internship where uh, you can take it for credit and you kind of learn the ropes and, and get to working behind the scenes. And Orlando city also does a great job of promoting internally. So a ton of our interns uh, get hired. Uh, a lot of the people I work with in our communications department today started as interns, right. uh, including Duda, as we'll soon find out. No doubt. Uh, so she, uh, she was working in the office uh, after their season opener, which was a nationally televised game. So their primary play-by-play guy did the radio call. After the season opener, when they were going to need their main radio guy who does all the, you know, I'd say 75% of the games, he left to take the Atlanta United expansion team radio job. His whole family lived in Atlanta. Atlanta had left it off until the very end, which happens much more often than I thought in professional broadcasting. No doubt. Um, they had left it off to the very end. It was the last position they filled, and they hired him, Adam Schick. He's a great, great broadcaster. Um, so he went up there, and... My now boss was scrambling, you know, they had no one right. uh, and they had, they we're on the air on Saturday. This is Tuesday. They're on the air on Saturday. I don't <laughs> have anybody to call the game. So oh, in his desperation, my boss, Marcos starts asking everyone in the office, including the interns, if they had someone to come call this game on Saturday, you know, maybe it wasn't going to be a permanent thing, but just to get the game on the air and Duda goes, yeah, the guy at Stetson does soccer. He's okay. And so Marcos reached out to me. Uh, I'm in the middle of a softball game on Hattervision. I'm in the fifth inning. Uh, Jamie is next to me in the other booth. I'm calling the game, and I, I, I'm, you know, we're in, in a break uh, between innings, and I see an email, or a LinkedIn connection, actually, from the director of broadcasting in Orlando City. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I don't know anything about MLS, but like maybe if he's reaching out to me, maybe I should, should send him an email. Uh, by the time the next half inning was over, I looked back, and he has sent me an email asking me if I've ever considered a career in soccer. And I wrote back to him. I said, well, uh, I had not before, but I have now. Uh, I'm in the fifth inning. If you give me 45 minutes, I'll call you and we can we can talk about this. And so I, I'm sitting there. My heart's racing. I finished the game <laughs> and I run to the parking lot, uh, which is just a covered wooded grove behind right. uh, Amelia And I, I'm on the phone with this guy. I'm like, Holy crap. Uh, and you know, he says, we've had this emergency, uh, vacation of this spot. We need someone for Saturday. Do you have any soccer tape? And it turns out, I was like, I don't know. It turned out that I had clipped seven minutes of one of the games I did for free at UCF in 2015 and that's what I was able to send him in addition to a more recent basketball tape that I had done to just show him what I sounded like right. at the moment. Cause I, you know, the 2015 tape was garbage, right. but it was soccer. It showed that I had called a soccer game before, which was I think all he needed. Right. Uh, so <laughs> the, the next morning, 12 hours later, he calls me he says, yeah, we, we want you on the air on Saturday. And so I had to go to practice that same day to see the team. I, I had no idea. I knew Kaka was on the team and he was injured. So it wasn't even, you know, I, I didn't even get to, to see him. Um, you know, the, the team, uh, it was completely new to me. The league was completely new to me and I had three days to get ready, which, which genuinely would have been impossible. It, it would have been garbage if I'd had to go on the air and do that game. However, the game was in Boston and it was March and it was 15 degrees. So it got postponed. So I had an extra week. Nice. Thank God. Um, I had an extra week to get ready, which was extremely helpful. And I just started devouring soccer. And over the next month or so, I realized that I really loved it like in a way that I hadn't really found with a sport since baseball. And you think about it, they're actually very similar in terms of the more, it's that more languid laid back, uh, you know, more of a free flowing style broadcast. You would never think that they were similar because baseball is pitch, 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 you know, but you don't call baseball that way. You call baseball as this flowing you know, organic thing. And soccer is very much that. No, there are not a lot of goals, although there are more goals in MLS than most leagues. No. Uh, cause Amer- Americans love goals. Goals are sexy <laughs> and Americans love sexy sports. Uh, so we have one of the highest goal rates of any league in the world. Us in the German league, I think are the top two, but, but yeah, yeah. So, so it's, it's, it's about the flow of the game. Who's in command of the game. Who's on the back foot. Uh, you know, Chances develop. Where's the momentum? So it, it, there's there's a lot of that. And in baseball, I, th- I think they're very similar calling them. But the great thing about soccer is, unlike baseball, where you could be there for two hours, you could be there for five hours. You're in and out in 90 minutes in soccer every single time. It is 100% guaranteed. <laughs> it is the most efficient sport. And I love that. Uh, you are in and out and we have a three hour block for our broadcasts to include pregame and postgame. And we hit our marks every single time. I know when things are going to happen. I know exactly how they're going to happen. And it is that, I, I don't know why I find that extremely comforting, but with by, within the two months, I was a rabid soccer fan. I was watching five premier league matches every weekend. I was devouring the condensed version of every MLS game every single week. And I got super into it and kind of owned it. And it, you know,
0: became my thing. At Main Street Community Bank of Florida, community is our middle name. Just like the Stetson Hatters are our hometown team, Main Street is your hometown lender. You'll work with local lenders, making local decisions. Decisions that support your community. Main Street Community Bank of Florida, familiar name, familiar faces, familiar bank. All loans are subject to credit approval. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. So when you started out doing the soccer matches, you were not traveling with the team. You're doing, you're doing the games when they're playing on the road in a TV studio. How is that different from what you're obviously used to doing? Yeah, we're still doing that.
1: Oh. Um, we, we, uh, we, uh, the, the first game I did, fortunately the first game, because of that postponement, the first game I did was a home game. It would have been uh, in the studio, my first game, mm-hmm. with 48 hours to prepare for it um, had, had it not been postponed. It's, it's different. Um, the first two years we were at, uh, we were at WFTV, the ABC affiliate in, in town. Um, and they set us up in a, a studio. It was like a, a, a stu- it was half studio, half storage. Uh, so they had, you know, their green screens and a lot of, uh, sets like chairs. Sure. There was a couch in there. Um, And then they had an interview set behind that and they would put a monitor on the wall and we had a table and I actually had a very nice uh, Fancy recliner that I called the game in which was uh, It kind of got me in that conversational mood Sure, Um, and that's how we did the games uh, the first two years Um, and calling Radio off a monitor is tough because you can't see everything right you have you can't you just can't sometimes you can't see the ball And in radio, you need to know where the ball is. I have to, the the listener does not have an idea of where the ball is. I have to tell them every second, uh, you know, as long as something's happening, they need to be informed so I can paint that mental picture. So sometimes if they'll cut to an isolated, I have the TV feed. So if they cut to an isolated shot of a player, I don't know where the ball is. So it was sort of an adjustment to kind of, adapt my call to not having every minute detail, but to still be able to paint a picture that wouldn't frustrate the listener. Right. And it was, that was a real challenge. And I, but it, it was one of those challenges that made me better and I, I appreciated it. And it was, it was really, really great. Fortunately at that studio, we were able to have um, sound from the venue piped back to us. So we were calling the game with the sound which makes a huge difference. Helps, yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was a major boost. Um, and then and then this past year, uh, when I did TV for the first time, uh, that was a lot easier. Um, that was mostly the same thing that I'd been doing because when you're on TV, you are not the star. Right. You know, radio is a play-by-play guy's medium. TV is the analyst medium. Right. And I had two analysts last year, so I would just let them go. Uh, it was basically I was just the point guard. I would pass the baton, and if there was uh, you know, in soccer, in over a soccer match of 90 minutes, you'll probably have about 10 minutes of incidents, uh, whether it's a, a goal or a chance or, or anything like that. And And those were the moments where I would dial in. But you're going to see all that on a television broadcast. So it wasn't all that different uh once i moved to tv but radio in the in the studio was was absolutely a challenge
0: so it's still one of those deals now though where you're only getting the tv feed you're not getting all the camera right. angles right so that's, that's got to be yeah. that's got to be you. We, and
1: we get whatever the other team sends back to us uh the one game that's difficult is uh is new york city fc so they play at yankee stadium and soccer is not like uh football it's more like baseball where the Dimensions of the field are not necessarily rules. They are more guidelines. Right. 99% of the time that is standardized. But if you're going to play at a baseball field, it just doesn't fit right. right. So the New York City field is only about 75% of the width. And the hard camera is coming from home plate. So it's in a corner.
0: Right.
1: So we're getting these weird angles where they'll take this sky cam view, which you know in soccer you can't see anything, or it's extremely tight. And it's difficult to see all ends of the field and the field is only so wide. So my expectation of where a player is, is not the same. Right. So the Yankee stadium game each year, and I've done a game there each of the three years, the Yankee stadium game is always the one where I kind of have to mentally remove myself from the norm and just be like, okay, this is going to be different. Every other time though, I think most of the league's broadcasts are pretty good. Um, and we, we get a pretty decent feed. So generally no complaints. The Yankee stadium game though is, a uh, is always different.
0: Now is that pretty much the norm for all leagues worldwide where the home broadcasters just do it from home? Yes. That's a, that's a
1: soccer standard. So, so, but in a lot of other leagues too, the whole league is, so it's like the NFL, like in the premier league, the games are all televised because it is the NFL of England, you know, the sky sports or BT sport is going to have every game. Um, But, but yeah, absolutely. In Mexico, uh in, in, in the Mexican league, every team has their own local rights deal and a national rights deal. There is no national broadcast deal for the Mexican league in Mexico. Every team negotiates separately with television. Wow. Uh, and and so for their for their teams, uh absolutely that is the standard. Um and it's you know what? It's the future. It's gonna happen more and more. I think especially now in a new post coronavirus sure. environment. This is just my opinion, but I, I absolutely think away tra- traveling broadcasters to away games is going to more and more become a thing of the past. I, I, which is a shame. Uh, it, it, I think there is so much you can get from being in the atmosphere that, that you can't get from sitting in a studio, but I also under uh, completely understand the economics behind it. And if it allows me to keep doing what I do, then absolutely. I'm a hundred percent on board with it as, as, as much as you'd love to be there, uh, and, and get the, the smell and the feel and be able to see everything. Um, I definitely understand why the trade-off is made.
0: Yeah. I kind of see for the future what you're talking about, where the broad home broadcasts are going to become more and more important because there's going to be a chance there's going to be fewer and fewer fans in the stands just because of social distancing. And, and those broadcasts are going to become even more important. And if you're Alabama football and every game's on CBS, it's not an issue. But if you're Stetson Volleyball – getting those broadcasts out and, and right is going to be uh, extremely important for those fans. And I, I think the call for, for people who can work and produce in that industry is only going to increase and grow just because of the demand for it.
1: Well, and and I mean, if you look at the rating, so the, the German league, the Bundesliga is back on Fox uh, as, as far as we recording this, it's been on Fox in the United States for the last three weeks. It is the only elite level sporting competition in the world that is happening right now. Um, the ratings for the Fox Bundesliga broadcasts are three times higher than they have ever been. Um, the ratings for that Phil Mickelson, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady thing on Sunday, that golf thing, were through the
0: roof. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh no, NASCAR's scary. numbers are huge.
1: Yeah, yeah. NASCAR's doing amazing numbers. I mean, it's, it's the demand for sports on television is going to be higher than it literally ever has. So – and that goes from all the way to, like, what you're talking about with major elite-level competition down to something like sets and Sports. It may be the only way that our fans have the ability to engage with us. Um, so I agree. I, I think it's going to be massively.
0: And we've, and we've seen that trend going where even even the big boys, the, you know, not necessarily LSU in a national championship season, but, you know, Georgia's not filling their stadium every game and Alabama's not necessarily filling mm-hmm. their stadium every game because people get a better experience – at home with their 80-inch television and a stocked refrigerator and a bathroom that there's no line for.
1: And and the live sports experience keeps getting more expensive. Um, It's becoming more and more an upper-class activity to go to a live, especially a football game. You will never catch me live at an NFL or high-profile. I would go to a high-profile college football game because I think those atmospheres are special. Uh Um, Something like I'd love to see a game at the Swamp. I haven't been able to do that yet. Uh, I got to do a game at Clemson on their homecoming uh-huh. my senior year of college, which was the coolest live sporting atmosphere I've ever been to. But you will never catch me at an NFL game live ever, 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 unless I am paid to be there. Yeah, uh, right. there, there is absolutely no way um, because it's like, I looked at seeing the Packers in Jacksonville a couple years ago. It was like $300 for the the nosebleeds and it was an early game. I think it was the openers so sit in 90 degree heat, uh, you know, spend, you know, between parking and to eat and have a beer or two, you know, spend, you know, just take my fiance spend almost a thousand dollars to see the, a, a game in Jacksonville from a thousand miles away when I could watch it at home in crystal clear HD and, you know, enjoy a great broadcast. And my couch, it was no question.
0: Yeah. That's the same for me. I mean, I've been, I've covered NFL games in the past when I was in Hattiesburg, went to games in new Orleans and, and I've been been, to a game, went to a game at Silverdome, believe it or not, before it blew up. But the last time I went to an NFL game was, uh, in Atlanta at the old Georgia Dome, and the only reason I went to that game is because Byron left with stuff, left me tickets, and I was four rows behind the bench, and I went to see him. It wasn't a matter if going yeah. to see the game; I was going to see Byron, and you know, and who knows? Byron's the offensive coordinator in Tampa. If he gives me a chance to come over and go to a game, I'll probably go do that just to the same to go see him. But but to Byron's just go to an NFL game,
1: about, He's got to be careful about who comes to his neighbors' houses, though.
0: Yeah, no question. <laughs> no question. <laughs> so. Uh, as you've done soccer now, has the desire to move into baseball, I know you talked about baseball as such a grind and so hard. Is Has that, is that passion waned any?
1: Complete, completely gone. Well, a lot of that, too, is moving away from the Mets. So I don't have the Mets down here. Right. Uh, and, and my connection to them through decades of buffoonery has, has been severed. Um, the 2015 team was awesome. That was the first year I was down here, so I was by myself. I would – I would go home and watch the World Series games. And that, that was amazing. Um, and that that team was, was so, so awesome. Uh, it, it didn't even really matter that they didn't win the final series. It was just – it was great to see the Mets have a run like that because that had never happened for me. Um, but, uh, you know, they – they had an okay season the next year. I think they made the wild card game and they they got bounced by Bumgarner, of course. Sure. Um and they have stunk out loud since then and have been, you know, have gone right back to the same old Mets. This offseason is a perfect example. So, they sell the team finally. We've been waiting for this for decades. They sell the team to a hedge fund, you know, one of the 10 richest men in America. This guy's going to pump so much money into the team. They're finally going to act like the Yankees. They're finally going to be competent and well run and everything's going to be great. And then he backs out because they demanded more control or something. And then they hire my favorite baseball player ever, Carlos Beltran, to be the manager of the team. <laughs> How cool is that? Well, he's not going to be the manager. He got caught in a cheating scandal with the Astros. We had to fire him. Like It's just the, the New York Mets are – it's it's so funny too to see Jacob de be the only person in the world who isn't affected by it like everyone else is caught in their orbit of dysfunction and I feel like he's almost sapping the energy of that to be he's gonna be going to make the Hall of Fame you realize that at this point
0: the way he's going. more
1: likely than not that Jacob de Gram is going to be a Hall of famer he's that good no question uh, and it, it's it's absurd that he has not only thrived, but become one of the few greatest pitchers of his generation in that chaos. Uh, So I still watch Jake uh, when he pitches uh, because it is, he guarantees you a short game. No question. He's masterful. Um, They've got some other other
0: pitching that's pretty good as well. I mean.
1: No, well, but Noah Syndergaard, Tommy John surgery, you know, he he was going to miss the season. Um, You know, Matt Harvey, uh, you know, at a tragic end to his career, basically, uh, Zach Wheeler's gone. Uh, so, I mean, they, they just traded for Strowman last year, but, uh, you know, traded this kid, this, this high school kid, that's going to be amazing for Robinson Cano, who, you know, finally got old and I don't know, it's just what they do. Uh, but, but beyond the Mets, uh, working in baseball and the, the amount of time it would take to reach that level. Right. Uh, and and yeah, I just wouldn't have a life. And it's important to me to be able to travel and be able to do things that I enjoy outside of my job. Uh, my job is awesome. I, I get to work a, a dream job, but it's still a job. You know, I still want to do things for fun um, outside of work and, and baseball just doesn't really allow that. Um, so for, from that standpoint, uh, no, baseball is not for me. I would love to, to work in basketball. Uh, and, and doing Stetson basketball is my favorite thing that I do at Stetson. I, I absolutely love Stetson basketball. What a fun season we just had on the men's side. No question. Um, I, I cannot say enough about the job that Donnie Jones and, and, and his staff did in that first season. Uh, my favorite team at Stetson, I, I'll, I'll be honest here, uh, I, this is evident if you listen to all of our broadcasts, is our women's basketball team. I was in, initially so connected to them, they were so good. Uh, the 17 season was when they, when they th- went 13 and one, I watched live the entire game where they played at FGCU as if I was watching the Mets in the world series uh, <laughs> when they went down and beat them at a arena to win the title um, was uh, so, so, so I've always had such a connection to them and the men's team is, has now, you know, announced itself as, as uh, having an extraordinarily bright future. I'm so, so excited. I, I really, really hope that they get to continue to build on, on what they've put together there. Um, so basketball and, and, I've really fallen for the magic. I know that they're not very good and, and they've, uh, they've had their, you know, more up downs than ups in the last decade, but they're in an exciting place now too, where they, they made the playoffs a couple of years in a row and, and, you know, can put themselves in a good position. And I've, I've really enjoyed that. So basketball would be a, a place I'd love to get back to, but, uh, no, I'm a, I'm a soccer guy now. That's, that's, that's where I'm at. That's, that's what I do. Uh, which is, uh surreal to say. I would have never expected that, but I found that things pretty much never go the way you expect them to go, and you kind of just have to roll with it.
2: Show your Stetson spirit and get your green on with officially licensed tees, sweats, hoodies, and more. Go to www.shopgohatters.com. All your Hatters gear is just a click away. Visit
0: www.shopgohatters.com today. Your fiance, you've hinted at her a couple of times. Tell me a little bit about uh, how you met and, and what the plans are going forward.
1: Yeah, so it's so funny. I, I alluded to her earlier that that uh, her family's from Syracuse, so she, so she went to the um, State University of New York at Oswego, which is about forty five minutes away from SU, and we were there concurrently for about three years. And she worked at the grocery store that I would go to uh, when I was in college, so we <laughs> almost almost certainly crossed paths at some point. Um, at at the grocery store or elsewhere. Uh, and within six weeks of moving down here, I met her, she worked at Disney and I became an annual pass holder. Uh, the first day I moved here, I bought my pass and, uh, we, uh, we started going on a few dates and and really liked each other and and spent a ton of time together. And, uh, we'd been dating, I guess, for four or five months, uh, when I got the job in Port Charlotte and I kind of figured that, you know, this is sort of make or break. And I was just like, Hey, you want to come with me? And she said, yeah. And, uh, she moved down there with me and she left Disney and she got a job working, uh, for an insurance company. That's sort of what her family has done. And she, you know, God bless her. If, if you work in that field, you know, anyone who works in an office, frankly, oh, um, yeah. I, I, you know, hats off. <laughs> I couldn't do it. <laughs> but, uh, but, but yeah, the, that she, uh, she got into that and she came back to Orlando with me and, and we just, uh, We have a dog together now and and I proposed uh, in October of of 2018 and we are currently very, very tentatively scheduled to get married in December. I have no idea if that's going to happen. Not, not just because of if the venue will be open, I think it probably will, but 85 to 90% of our guest list is supposed to come from the New York, New Jersey area, um, which seems very, very challenging. It was a big point of contention of whether we would get married in Florida at all. Right. Or whether we would get married right there. And eventually we said, you know, Florida's our home. Florida's where we met. It's where we're connected to. We want to do it here. <laughs> that might have been a huge mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe mother-in-law was right. But uh, but we'll see. Um, you know, TBA on that. But uh, yeah, she's she's amazing. She's just. Uh, you know, I, I think when I met her, you know, within a few months of being here, that was just sort of the sign that I'd made the right call. Um, and so uh, it, it's been extraordinarily rewarding. Uh, I've grown up so, so much being with her. I would have never had a dog. I would have never been responsible enough. I don't leave my clothes on the floor anymore. I do the dishes. Uh, so, uh, you know, my, my college roommates would not recognize me. And not just because I've lost a lot of my hair. Uh, it's uh, it's a new me, but it's it's been super, super rewarding.
0: So you'll have to bring her to the Edmond Center for a basketball game on your honeymoon, right?
1: Uh, she's been, uh, she's been to the Edmond Center a few times. Um, she's, uh, she's seen the team. Uh, I think she's, yeah, she's been to a softball game. Uh, she actually likes a softball game cause she gets to sit in the sun, uh, cause the stadium is facing West. So as the sun sets, it comes right into the, uh, into the stands. So All she gets to tan a little bit, which she, she likes Patricia Wilson. Uh, and she's been to Melching too. She's seen a few baseball games. Uh, uh, so, so yeah, she's, uh, she's seen her fair share of sets and athletics events.
0: So let's help out young broadcasters who are interested in getting in the business. What are some of the resources that you've used to help you get to where you are, and things that a young broadcaster could take to heart?
1: Yeah. So I, 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 you know, every broadcaster has a weird story like mine, where you like made an impression on an intern who recommended you to somebody in a pinch, and you took advantage of it. I know you told me the story about Joe Davis, right? uh, Which I think is super instructive. Here, Um, Joe Davis is the is stepping into the biggest shoes in the history of American sports broadcasting uh, of Vin Scully at the Los Angeles Dodgers Correct. and does a phenomenal job. Uh, still does uh, – I think he was doing college football with Brady Quinn.
0: He does uh, He does college podcast. football on Fox Sports. He's also started a podcast. It's uh, off air with Joe and Oral. It's really good. I listen to it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he's doing a podcast with Oral Hershizer. Wow. you know, <laughs> No big deal. Um, but yeah, I mean the the guy is is brilliant. Uh, Ricky Hazel is responsible for Joe Davis getting his start because Joe made an impression on you at Troy, right?
0: Yeah, and Joe they was, needed a
1: broadcaster for for Troy and Clemson, uh, and you you pushed him out there, and, and of course he did a great job because yeah, he's a great broadcaster. Yeah. And then you know one thing led to another. So
0: yeah, Joe was doing uh, AA biscuits games in uh, Montgomery, uh, Montgomery, and biscuits. we we opened Troy opened with at uh, Clemson, and he wound up doing that game with. Uh, with uh, Warrick Dunn, which I think was the first game work Dunn had ever done. Wow.
1: I had work Dunn on one of my first fantasy teams, the Atlanta Falcons.
0: <laughs> yeah, Joe's done very um, well for himself. Yeah,
1: yeah, so so uh, the, the the thing is you can't, you can't engineer that break. No. It, you cannot make it happen. What you can do is put yourself in the best possible position by being a professional, by being nice to people, and by making an impression on people so just you know it's it it sounds so so silly um and ian eagle was the first person that gave me this advice by the way and he is a a deep abiding practitioner of it is just be a good person do a good job uh be accountable be professional uh and and be kind and a decent to everybody you meet because you never know you never ever know who's going to be in. well not just because of this you know because it's also the right thing to do, but you never know who's going to be in a position to to get you. That I would have never, ever, ever guessed that a student uh, on Stetson Broadcast Productions would be the person who would unlock an entirely new field for me right. and put me where I am today and where I'm headed. um she still works there today. Dude, sure. She's a good friend of mine. Uh, you would have never, you would have never ever guessed that, but. I could have big league her and been like, well, I'm the broadcaster. I don't have to talk to you, but I didn't. Um, And and I think it's, it's so instructive that that's the lesson that I take to heart. The other thing is, yes, you don't have to go to Syracuse. There are plenty of schools out there and I would really love it if I I don't know, you know, Stetson has become a great place to go. If you want a crew, Um, we have so many Hattervision games and there are fewer and fewer of them than I can make every year. Uh, So there, there's, there's, there's reps out there. If no, no doubt. Games Robert
0: too. Goldberg who came um, through as a student for us and, and yep. got on air. Yep. And Rob's
1: still doing stuff in New York now. So, yep. uh, so, you know, so it's, it's absolutely, there are, there are reps to be had if you want to do that. But, uh, Fordham's a great school for broadcasting, Northwestern, Arizona state is a great school. Uh, Georgia and Alabama are great schools. Uh, there, there's, there's tons of places to go, uh, where you're going to have a shot. And in fact, uh, Syracuse was interesting. It was so competitive. That I probably got way fewer reps than I would have gotten somewhere else. I really had my college broadcasting where I just got to go out there, where, you know, in front of a smaller, more intimate audience, and just practice and learn at Stetson, where I was doing 150 events a year, and just you know, uh, I got to practice that much. Whereas in school at Syracuse, I maybe got to do 25. Right. So it's 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 a huge huge difference. Um, and then, yeah, just, just keep practicing. You need, you need reps. Uh, you're not going to get better without doing it. Uh, and do what you have to do. Go to a, you know, right now you can't really go to any games, but you can watch them on television and you probably don't even have to mute them. There's no crowd. Uh, just, uh, just do the game. Uh, it's, it's, uh, and, and seek out feedback. There's so many great people in this industry that'll help you. Um, to uh, to to get better, and that's that's really all you, you do. What you can control, and be good to people.
0: And you're better. not the only uh, broadcaster in Orlando from Syracuse either. Jamie say says one of my favorite people in the world, and comes over and Jamie, talks to our football uh, team every Jamie year. She's and in Syracuse. We're,
1: uh, we're the sports director at Syracuse's uh, W A E uh, R eighty eight point three F M uh, broadcasting station. Uh, about eighteen years apart, uh, and Jamie uh, Jamie still covers us at uh, at FTV. She is super awesome. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we've got, uh, got a little cues. David Bauman's down here too. Yeah, uh, he's that. not on air anymore, but, uh, but yeah, he was in town at, at, you know, and still a, a great presence on social media. Um, he was Oh two. Uh, Jamie was 97, I believe. And, uh, okay. so yeah, we're, there, the,
0: we're everywhere on the other but, end of that. If John, you go huh? to
1: Syracuse, you're, you're going to, if you go to Syracuse, you're going to get what you need because there are more resources there and more alumni there and everything. But I will say this, um, I've never gotten like gotten a job because I went to Syracuse. That's never happened. Right. Um, that I, I that not once. Uh, other than that, my first minor league baseball job, obviously, because I was in town. And right. was, but but beyond that, like as a professional, after graduating, I've never gotten a job because I went to Syracuse. All for different things. So uh, whether I, I got I got to work at Disney at ESPN Wild World of Sports doing tournaments for the NBA and for for their soccer showcases because uh, Skip Hill who was Jeff Taylor's supervisor with ESPN noticed me and recommended me to them. So like things like that will happen. Uh, You just have to make an impression on people and be good to people. To me, that's the most important thing.
0: Well, On the flip side of that, Josh Miller, who played on our football team at Stetson, he just got accepted into the broadcasting school Syracuse and he's going there in the fall.
1: Josh is is a great example of this because uh, he reached out to me. Uh, I was calling a basketball game and he flagged me down after the game and we got talking and, and, uh, you know, I gave him my pointers about it, and I said, yeah, it's, it's a great place to go. It's, it's not necessary, but you, you know, if you're going to go there, then you're going to be set up well. You're going to have what you need. Um, and, uh, and he's, a, he's a, a real go-getter. He's super passionate about it, and he's a good guy, and I think he's going to succeed because of that.
0: And like a lot of other people during this time, Josh has started his own podcast, which is on Apple, Apple Podcasts as well. He's doing that with uh, Andrew Rogowski, who's also a former Stetson football player, so they've got their podcast going. So, Josh um, and I actually—it's—it's it's, uh, Josh
1: and I went to the same high school, not at the same time, uh, but Josh did spend two years at my high school in New Jersey. Um, so, uh, so we had that connection too. But yeah, love love an offensive lineman podcast. We need more of those. Get you know too much is on quarterbacks these
0: days. Well, you're more on, respect for the offensive line. You're, you're on one with one right now, so there you go. Yep, I know that. <laughs>
2: Experience renewal at the Westin Lake Mary Orlando North, a preferred partner of Stetson Athletics. The Westin Lake Mary welcomes you to North Orlando with 253 guest rooms and 14,000 square feet of function space. Be sure to ask for the Stetson preferred partner rate when booking the Westin Lake Mary for a better you.
0: So what's been the highlight for you of what you your time at Stetson and what you've done at Stetson? Oh,
2: man. Um.
1: Men's basketball has had some utterly ridiculous games. Uh, you know, the they would lose most of them, but they'd be so entertaining and insane uh, that, that I'd come away being like, I've never seen that happen on a basketball court before. Uh, that's always been my impression. And then it was so funny. So when Donnie came in, it was completely different we stopped playing this absurdly high pace style and actually finished in the, in the bottom five in the country in tempo possessions per game. Right. Um, and that was entirely by design sure. because Donnie wanted to use the length that he had on the roster and the ability, you know, he had two guys who could score and the length that he had to just choke the life out of everybody that he played. And he beat Liberty doing that. He beat South Carolina yeah. doing that. It was, it was essentially the Bennett idea. Um, and it was a great strategy. So, so watching that program evolve has been great. The women's basketball season and doing the Sun championship in, in 2017 was fantastic. Um, the baseball season in 2018, calling Mitchell Sanger's no hitter, um, was, was a fantastic memory. Uh, although it's not the best pitched game I've seen at Stetson, that would be the Logan Gilbert, uh, FGCU game with yeah, 18 strikeouts. Yeah. We started with 10 in a row. Uh, and then, uh, I think it was Colton, uh, Colton Leitner, who made the diving catch at third for the double play to end the game, at Stetson one-one nothing. Uh, that's probably the the single greatest performance uh, I've seen that would stick out to me. Uh, seeing Stetson in the uh, the sun softball tournament was it was extremely fun. I mean, I got so many memories. Uh, some some football games, particularly with Marist, that have been right. wild. Uh, over the years, uh, the Davidson game, my first year, where we we sat out a, ha- a five hour lightning delay because it was <laughs> senior night and it was the last time they were going to get to play, and and we were all along for the ride. And there was a you know towers, skyscrapers of Little Caesars boxes in the press, con- in the press box. Um So man, but but I guess it's just like I've had such a great opportunity. I can't thank you and and Jeff and and Chris and Jamie and everybody enough for just giving me an opportunity to develop and, and become better and get experience and, and connect with the community and the land that has been so gracious. So it's, a, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's been a, a wonderful, wonderful relationship and opportunity. And I, I can't wait to get back
0: to doing it again. So what are your game day superstitions? Cause everybody has them.
1: I get asked this. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't really have, I'm not a superstitious person at all. Um, there are just certain things that I like, you know, everyone has their work routine. Um, I do always, so for baseball games, I do have a routine where I will uh, 15 minutes before we go on, I'll go, uh, you know, I've already you know written out my card and everything. I will uh, go to the bathroom and get my water and say hello to you and everybody in the press box and then go back in. And that kind of puts me in the, you know, my, my little, I guess that would be it. I do that for basketball too. So my, just my little walk, I'll take my walk, I'll get my water. I'll get my. I'll go to the bathroom. I'll I'll go say hi to somebody, and then I'll go sit down and, and kind of be like, "All right, it's go time." Uh, so I guess I guess that would be it. But I don't do that for for soccer because uh, with soccer we uh, we're on, and I host the pregame show too, so I'm on set you know an hour before kick. So there's there's none of that. Uh, right. It's uh, it's a, it's a full day. Uh, you know, it's a it's a full television production. So that's. Uh, I guess I should develop a game day superstition. I need a better. <laughs> Answer to this question the one that I
0: have I'll get back to you on that so what do you do what do you what's your preparation I mean what do you do to feel like you're ready for a broadcast
1: yeah so I, I will uh in sports that are not baseball and softball which are sort of everyday and, and are are a little bit different uh, I will do a board so I'll have a I'll have a, a full chart uh on a eight and a half by 14 legal paper that has the every player that'll have box with their statistics their biographies where they, you know, if it's college, you know, where they went to high school, important notes about them. If it's a soccer game, former former clubs they were with, uh, you know, anything interesting statistically that they've done in their life that they've done. So I'll have uh, general notes for each team, uh, statistical trends to follow, bios for the coaches, uh, what they've done in their last five, stuff like that. Um, Their schedules, their team statistics, all of that's going to be, on this one thing and that's my Bible and I put that together myself uh, the templates I got for basketball and lacrosse funny enough uh, from school I've sort of modified for other sports so I have one for volleyball I have one for football I have one for for soccer obviously is the one I use the most uh, and I use Google sheets for that now I used to use Excel but uh, I do it all on the internet now um, with with Google so I can do it on my Mac because I, I don't really like Excel for Mac it's not built for that right um, but uh, but using Google Docs and Google sheets is great. And then in addition, I'll have game notes. I'll go through those. I'll read them. I'll write down anything on a notepad that I find interesting. Um, A lot of broadcasters like to handwrite all their charts. I've never done that. I've always typed it. Um, This might just be a little idiosyncrasy of mine. It helps me to have it look clean. I don't want my scribble all over it. I want to know where everything is. And I sort of internalize it as I type it. Um, I've always been that way. So so it helps me to to type it all out and make it, it, you know, nice and clean and pretty and everything's in its own individual box. Um, But, but that's the main thing. And then I write down things that are interesting Uh, with soccer. We talk to people, we'll, we'll get to talk to coaches and things like that. Uh, We talk to our coach and players every week. I get to, I get to sit down with our coach every week, um, which is helpful. Uh, And, and, you know, kind of see where he's at and where the team is at. I get to spend a lot of time around the team based on where I am full time. So I get to know the players pretty well, which is great um you know the more you know and you're not going to use 90 percent of this stuff maybe more than that right over the course of a broadcast but you have it no matter what happens you have it i need that preparation i feel i feel exposed i feel naked if i don't have that you know if something happens uh and anything can happen i won't be prepared for it if i don't have that so five hour weather delay to feel
0: you can uh, you can do that
1: Yeah. You'll you'll get mostly the same answer. So baseball and softball are slightly different because those are sports that are, you know, every day for the most part. So you just, you have your card and uh, game notes for those are super valuable. by the way, nobody in college sports does better game notes than Ricky Hazel. (laughs) Uh, The green sheet for baseball is the Bible. Uh, That thing is, is a religious text. Um, Your game notes for football are a hundred pages long and are unbelievably thorough there's something for every for the third string center, uh, the long snappers, and the the, the fifth string punter because Roger Hughes will have five punters, and and they uh, that that they'll have something about them. And I, I that is, you know, sometimes you won't get that. Sometimes for the other team, I have very little. Uh, when I would do high school sports in college and, and in high school, you you would have very little. But uh, be lucky to have you, a roster you, sometimes. Be, yeah, exactly. Um, but you make do with what you have. Yeah, I've I've had games, I've done games where I got a roster five minutes before. The game started i you know who's number 17 i have no idea go out you know i'd send the color guy to go ask somebody who number 17 is because i don't know who they are right. um so you 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 go through that happens um, to
0: us sometimes too. it's funny
1: and the higher level you reach the less work you have to do for that because with mls i get a 75 page game guide every week it's all there it's it's you know that there's everything that I could possibly want to know is in this packet. So it's all been compiled for me by somebody else. I just have to put in the the format that I want. Uh, But learning how to do all that through lower levels is what makes me feel more comfortable.
0: So you said earlier, and I told you, I was going to challenge you on this, that you're, you're now most passionate of all about soccer. I know that's not true. (laughs) I know you're a huge (laughs) WWE fan. Well,
1: that is true. I am a huge professional wrestling fan. It's funny. Um, over the years, uh, I, the last couple years in particular, I have, I have kind of moved away from WWE, and I've watched a lot more like independent wrestling. Uh, I've watched a lot of – I've been going through uh, – now we're getting really into the weeds. I don't know if you're this far into the weeds, but uh, I've been watching a ton of old Ring of Honor tapes from the mid-2000s. Wow where you'll have guys like Samoa Joe and Daniel Bryan and CM Punk back when they were babies. Um, but you know, they would just, it's so real the stuff that they do, they bleed the, the stories that they can tell in that environment are, so I love storytelling in sports. This is part of why I love play by play. And for me, professional wrestling is the perfect distillation of dramatic storytelling and sports. It's both. You get to have everything in one. Um, so with that, you know, I've, I've watched a lot of that. I've watched, you know, Japanese wrestling is, uh, you know, they absolutely hit for real oh, in sure. Japanese wrestling. Um, they, uh, you know, you, you do not, it's the outcome is scripted, but they are very much, uh, they are very much hitting each other for real. Um, and so uh, as I've, I've, I did, I, it's fine. So I, I hit that sort of a crossroads. The summer I was at the Stone Crabs, I got to try out for WWE. This would have been the only job I ever got because of Syracuse, because Michael Cole who's a great guy, their, their lead broadcaster and, and who hires all the announcers was a Syracuse guy too. He was actually in Tirico's class. Um, so I tried out with them. I probably wasn't ready. I think if I were to do it now, I would do a lot better. I don't think I did very well. I, I wasn't good enough. Uh, I didn't get it. Um, and now I could never see myself working there. Uh, just, just because of the way I've evolved over the years and the person I am, I, I, it was it was a, I was crushed, of course, but it was a good thing that it didn't happen for me um, because of where I am now with the hobby and, and, and with soccer. So, yes, I love professional wrestling, but I will not be working for the WWE anytime soon
2: love stetson athletics then join the team behind the team donate to the hatter athletic fund to help keep your stetson hatters at the top of elite competition if you're interested in donating to provide opportunities for stetson student athletes log on to gohatters.com and click on the hatter athletic fund link in the support the hatters tab
0: how many WrestleManias have you been to
2: just the one just i was gonna go this
1: year um i was gonna go this year to the one in tampa um you know, and wrestling is a fairly new hobby for me too. Actually, I I, I didn't grow up a, a, a huge fan of it, which is weird because like my generation, I mean, I was oh yeah I was seven years old when Stone Cold and The Rock were the biggest thing in town, and and pro wrestling was the I mean, I was the target audience, but uh, but yeah, no, it never never got through to me really. I didn't become a fan until later in life, but uh, but yeah, just the one in Orlando in 2017. Um, I was going to go this year to the one in Tampa. I, I'll go when it is in Tampa. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, that just the one.
0: I, I didn't know how much it, before the, the pandemic struck, how much time you spent well, I've going seen, to I've NXT, seen NXT and
1: I've seen NXT a bunch because, uh, full sales, 10 minutes from my house. Uh, so I've seen, I've seen NXT. I've, I saw the Royal Rumble at the Amway Center the first year I moved down here. I've seen NXT at UCF a bunch of times, but, uh, but yeah, just the one WrestleMania.
0: So what would be your walkout song if you're, if you're a wrestler? Uh, so I've, I've had actually very
1: long deliberations about this. Oh, sure uh, when the levy breaks by Led Zeppelin, I think is a great, like intimidating song that you can, you can kind of walk slowly to the ring too. Cause it's just got that constant drumming beat. And then if I were going to do a more like overt, uh, hero character, it might be touch of evil by Judas priest. Uh, it would be a, a super badass wrestling song. So those are my two answers for that.
0: So what's the immediate future for you right now?
1: Yeah, well, we're going to, we're going we're gonna, to, again, the MLS picture may be completely different by the time you're listening to this. Um, but, uh, we're going to keep doing what we're doing. I, I love Orlando city. They are amazing to me. Uh, they they're a great, great club and the league is in such a good position. I, you know, we're all sort of hopeful that the coronavirus doesn't impact that momentum, but the, the fan interest is at a ridiculous level for such a young league. Um, you know it's it's already probably the the sixth most popular spectator sport in the United States behind the big four and, and racing and i i think it's uh it's 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 got an unlimited potential especially with its appeal internationally um i'm really really excited about where the league is going it's going to be at 30 teams by 2022 the tv deal comes up that year which should Im- you know imbue a big revenue boost and whenever the league does get back this year i'm hopeful that the tv numbers will be at a level that, you know, helps that out. Um, so that that's going to be a big thing to watch for. But yeah, I mean, it's just uh, I'd love to do soccer nationally. Uh, I've been open about that. That uh, I'd love to do basketball. Um, but but yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm the the voice of Orlando City and the voice of the Stetson Hatters, and I'm I'm very very happy doing that.
0: Perfect. That's uh that's great. And, and we man, I've, spent, I've enjoyed spending time talking to you and. We got to make this a regular part of this once the seasons start back and have yeah, you on every week to talk it's about been, the games and what's going on with uh, the games been, you're watching. Uh,
1: it's been good to catch up with you. I miss you guys. I haven't seen anybody since March, so it's uh, it's it's been nice talking
0: to you, Ricky. Hopefully, really, come hopefully come back August and September, we'll be back to playing games again, and we'll uh, uh, we'll, we'll be back to what, what we both say. love. As
1: soon as you know, you let me know, and we will. Uh, I'm certainly anxious to get back to.
0: Very good. All right. Thank you, Evan Weston. Thanks for being on Hatter Chatter, the podcast presented by Insight Credit Union. And we'll look forward to having you on as a ge- again as a guest somewhere down the road.
2: Insight Credit Union is a proud partner of Stetson University Athletics. Insight has been bringing better banking to Central Florida for nearly 85 years. Insight Credit Union is your local go-to for lower rates on auto and other loans, credit cards, and more. Insight Credit Union and you, better together.
0: And that'll do it for this edition of How to Chatter, the podcast, presented by Insight Credit Union. I'd like to thank all of our corporate sponsors who make it possible for Stetson University and Stetson Athletics to provide our more than 400 student athletes a quality experience on the courts and fields of competition in the same way the faculty provides all Stetson University students a quality educational experience. Those sponsors include, of course, our presenting sponsor, Insight Credit Union. Other sponsors include... Florida Public Utilities. Visit askforgas.com for more information. Geico Insurance. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com to find out how. Advent Health. Visit westvolusia.com. Old Florida, new vibe. Coca-Cola Beverages of Florida. The Alliance Community for Retirement Living. Bud Light, the official beer of Stetson University. Florida Orthopedic Associates. If it hurts, see them first. Hampton Inn & Suites of DeLand. Imageworks, your one-stop corporate identity shop. Main Street Community Bank. Familiar name, familiar faces, familiar bank. Morningstar Storage, the space you need, the way you want it. Orlando Sanford International Airport. Visit flysfb.com. Simpler, faster, better. Total Comfort, the name you can trust and Weston Lake Mary Orlando North for a better you. Thank you to all of our corporate sponsors.